Hi, everybody. This is Keith, Music Man Hendelick, with the Final on Vinyl podcast. And today we're with Joe Dennison. And uh, his band is Stradivarius um, that helps them record. And um, I covered that album, um, Guilty of Innocence, a little over two years ago. And um, Joe has graciously accepted to talk to us today. Hi, Joe. How you doing, Keith? Great to be Good. here. Thanks for having me. Um, it's actually, the band is actually called Stratospherius. Oh, okay. I keep thinking of the violin, Stradivarius. Is that where you got that? Could you play the violin? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a, kind of a play on words. <laughs> to, to the violin So I'm looking at the cover of um, that album, and it looks like you may have had one of your kids help you out with that. That album, yeah, it was done by my son, Max. Um, the cover was done, I think, for a school art project when he was seven. And I just thought it fit the vibe perfectly. I wanted this kind of, even though there's a lot of dark undertones on the album, I wanted a kid's drawing as the cover. And then later I had him draw you know, each member of the band to fit the theme for the inner artwork. Okay. Uh, well, I definitely enjoyed the album, and um, looking back several years when all this started for you, what made you choose the violin instead of a guitar or piano? Well, I actually chose all of those instruments. When I was growing up, violin, you know, my father is a professional violinist. He's been playing in the Cleveland Orchestra for 42 years, and he shoved a violin in my hands when I was five. Um, and my oh. mother's a pianist. So she, I studied piano with her for a while. And then I kind of fell in love with the guitar when I was in high school and learned guitar. And I think a lot of my guitar influences carried over into my violin playing. So when, when I bought an electric violin, when I got a little bit older, I, I was still hearing Jimi Hendrix and Steve Vai in my head <laughs> and Jimmy Page <laughs> and all those guys when I was playing the violin. So I kind of combined all those, all those influences. Are you into uh, artists like Jean-Luc Ponte? Absolutely. He was a, a pioneer. Definitely. Uh, and a huge influence on me. Um, and I, I transcribed some of the solos for, for Downbeat Magazine a few years ago. Ah. I saw him live. Um, I think it was in San Francisco when I was in that area. I saw him play live. I saw him and Al Di Miola and people like that that, so that was the music that really got me into um, jazz, prog, rock, fusion, and all that back in the early 80s when I was in the Navy. Somebody handed me an Al Miola cassette, and I was off and running. Boy, I tell you, it's great stuff. Yeah, actually, Al Miola has a really good violinist, Evan Gar, that plays with him. Uh, if you oh. ever had a chance to check him out, very talented guy from Detroit. I'm sure you know a lot of them, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a small community of, uh, you know, all of us non-classical violin players, we all kind of know each other. <laughs> you know, it's, David it's, Ragsdale, too? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, a fraternity. It's a brother and sisterhood, you know. But it's growing. You know, a lot of younger generation kids are coming up with mad chops and a wide range of, of uh, musical knowledge. So there's going to be a lot more electric and alt-style string players in the next few years coming out. Oh, that sounds cool. So, so but yeah, fusion, fusion and jazz, 
Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Any plans uh, to record since your last outing? I mean, is that in the works now? Well, we're actually doing two things. We're mixing a live uh, album DVD of our 2019 Prague Stock performance, which should be oh. out hopefully by the holidays. And we've released four singles since uh, the end of 2019 that'll be part of the next studio record. Um, our latest one is a song called Cognitive Dissonance. And we're working on this massive 12-minute epic that's probably going to be the album closer. And, you know, we're slowly putting all of this together. And a lot of guest artists are going to be on it as well. Oh, great. Yeah, we're, so how long, you know, have you, how long have you been recording music now, Joe? How many years has it been? Recording music? Wow. Um, I think I started putting out records when I was in college in the mid-90s. Gives an oh. idea how old I am. But I, I always, that's one of my favorite things to do is to be in the studio and, and make albums. And I actually, let's see, I, I, my first CD was uh, Electric Blue came out in 1998. And that's actually, yeah, that's when I started doing what I do. <laughs> wow. We're probably yeah. about the same age. <laughs> yeah, probably. So yeah, one of the one of my pet peeves, one of the things my, with the whole streaming world we're in is people, you know, put everything on shuffle or they're listening to one song. But you know, artists, they, a lot of people don't know this, but artists spend a lot of thought, uh, put a lot of thought into the sequencing of songs on an album, and they want to take oh, on yeah. a journey and tell a story. And I think a lot of people are missing out on that experience. Right. When they're listening to music, you know. That's so why I love I LPs, man. I love the vinyl. You know, even CDs. Me too. Okay. LPs. Well, you can't, well, Guilty you can't of Innocence, stop that. You can't. Oh, Guilty of Innocence was our first album that we released on vinyl as well oh. as CD. So if oh, you go okay. to our, our band camp, it's available, or our website, it's available on vinyl. Oh, so I got the first one, huh? Okay. So right. is, is making music uh, your a full-time job or is it just something you do on the side? You have like a day job. It is a full-time job. I don't okay. make a living playing my original music. Uh, a lot of my day-to-day -day work involves doing studio work for others, teaching in person and online, well, lately mostly online, um, playing private events, contracting groups for different things around New York. So anything I, you know, playing in orchestras as a backup artist uh, for major acts. So anything that uh, has to do with music, I've probably done it, or at least a lot of it. And it's all fun, and I love, I love being a sideman as well as a band leader. So it's all rewarding in one way or another. And anything you're doing, you're, you're playing, so that's what your love is, right? Your passion. Exactly. And I, I, most of the time I'm working with people I respect and, and like on a personal level. So that's an added benefit, I think. A lot of time I'm playing with my friends. That's so it great. just feels like we're hanging out, you know. <laughs> well, you know, there's not a lot of people that can uh, say that, that they, they're passionate and they love their job and enjoy the people they work with, you know. I'm one of those people. That's the way I feel about my day job, you know, and, and this is an added bonus. This is icing on the cake doing things like this. That's great. I, and, you know, I, I try not to take anything for granted. I, I'm always 
grateful for every job that comes along, every opportunity, and you know, appreciate you hear that? that I get to do this. You know. Do you hear that noise, Joe? No. Like, I, I hear like what a tapping. It? Very strange. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, yeah, this is uh, very organic. I, you know, I, I, if there's a lot of static or anything, I try to clean it up if I can, but usually just put it up the way it is. So I tell oh, people I to okay. watch what you say. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to keep the background noise in mind. <laughs> so Annie uh, did send me a couple of tracks. I remember now a few months back because um, it's been a while since we started this whole process to, to get you on board here. So I do remember listening to those tracks. They sounded great, by the way. And Thank you. Yeah, I really look forward to hearing that new package you're going to be coming out with. Make sure I get it so I can review it, okay? Definitely. Yeah, it'll be a few months. Um, but our goal with the live thing is definitely have it out by the holidays. Mm -hmm. And the studio record probably mid-22 if all goes well. Okay. So growing up, your parents were musicians, so it's in your genes, obviously. Do you remember at a very young age what they were playing on the record player and, and what you evolved into as far as a listener? Um, when, I was, when we were in Russia, when I was three years old, they were listening to a lot of classical recordings. So I was listening to violin concertos by Yascha Heifetz, Gino Francescati and uh, Yehudi Menuhin um, and, you know, Beethoven and Mozart symphonies and Shostakovich symphonies. And my parents played chamber, chamber music together. So oh. I, was, I was born with classical music in the house pretty much constantly. And I, I think I, um, I wanted to go a different direction. I, I, when I got older, I really fell in love with jazz and rock and pop and, and metal. So I, I sort of found my voice in those idioms, but I'm very grateful for the classical training that I've had, you know. So your family are, are Russian immigrants who came here a while back then. That's right. Yeah. yeah I, I was four American. when we came over. You were four. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you I, were speaking I, Russian, Russian at the time and had to learn English or was it like a mixture? I, Russian was my first language. Wow. So, so, um, I, I, was, I, I had to learn English, and I started when I was in preschool and kindergarten. I really felt like an outsider because I didn't speak the language. It was a real adjustment period for me. Oh, I bet. Yeah. At, as it is for most immigrant kids. Yeah, there's a lot going on with that kind of thing right now. It's crazy. but Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there I've is. always... I've always stood by the, the adage that, you know, Im immigrants are what built this country and made this country great, you know? Absolutely. And this country is, I think, 95% immigrants, depending on how many generations you want to go back. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Let me get some water. So, so, do you have like a top five albums of all time you like to listen to that still are in rotation in your collection? Definitely. Um, I'm a huge Frank Zappa fan. And, um, 
Yeah. The prob- the album that I keep coming back to is Live at the Roxy or Roxy and Elsewhere because he's such a diverse artist. I, that's kind of the album I, I introduce people to to get them hip to Zappa because you can hear any of his albums and, and think that that represents everything he does and that's impossible. But that one combined, you know, that's my favorite band that he's had mm-hmm. and it's a live show and it, it show, demonstrates his humor, his songwriting and the instrumental virtuosity. <laughs> and um, some few others, I would say Stevie Wonder songs in the key of life, Mahavishnu Orchestra, Birds of Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Miles Davis, Kind of Blue. Um, yes, Close to the Edge. Those are some of my favorite records, but I have a lot. So we, we could be here all day talking about that. <laughs> Those were good picks, Joe. Real good picks. Thanks. I, I'm also a Spock's Beard fan. I don't know if you're um, into Spock's oh, yeah. Beard, but I, mm-hmm. I kind of, I was late to the party, but I really fell in love with their music uh, about five years ago, and then I went and bought all their old stuff. And I really like the album V. That's my favorite one. And Snow. V and Snow are my two favorites. Snow. Oh, yeah. That's the one I remember. I, I was covering that stuff back in the day when I started out, and uh, Snow is the one that really stands out to me, too. Yeah. So there, uh, our drummer, um, Jason Gianni, our current drummer, toured with Neil Morse. Ah. Uh, he he won a, an online contest to sub for Mike Portnoy on tour. And wow. he um, he befriended all the guys in the band. So now their, their engineer, Rich Mauser, is mixing all our stuff. And their keyboard player is appearing on half of our new record. Um, uh, Bill Hubauer from Neil Morse Band. Oh, how cool kind is that? Fifth, the fifth member of Stratosphere is now. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Joe. It really is a community. You know, all these different, you know, things that people do, and you know, what to do for jobs. And, you know, each industry has its own um, its own language, you know, and, and and there's a community. And it, no matter how big a company is or, or what you're doing, it, it seems like it's it's smaller. Everybody knows what's going on, you know. It well, just I, I think it's sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, I think in the world of Proc, uh that's especially true. Progressive yes. rock. It's it's kind of a niche market, and when I go to the festivals, I see a lot of the same people, and I see a lot of the musicians cross-collaborating and forming new bands and just doing yeah. these projects and everybody kind of knows each other, you know. It's true. Um, there's, there, there's no velvet rope or, you know, as there is in, in, in certain other genres that are more popular maybe, you know. It's, it's very down-to-earth in that respect and people are open to creativity and Right. Diverse musical palette, if you will. New Age is like that, too. I do a lot of New Age um, music, you know, cover a lot of that. A lot of it's instrumental, and they're all on each other's albums all the time, you know. And that's what reminds me of Prague so much, you know. Yeah, and, and jazz is like that, too, I think. True. I used to cover a lot of jazz, but every time I got it, I got nervous. It's like, oh, my God, how am I going to cover this it's so complicated how do I write about it but somehow I got through that and 
have moved on to different genres, but I do miss it. That's for sure. I think if you want my personal opinion, the best way to write about complex music is just to write about it as a listener. You don't have to understand the inner workings of it and necessarily be a musician, and that way it'll translate to regular folks and maybe, you know, be a doorway for them to learn to appreciate it. Right. That's basically what I do, Joe, because I'm not a musician. Maybe someday, you know, but uh, I just let it flow like you would create a song, you know, or just let it flow. So, Absolutely. So you're in New York, right? I am. I'm actually in New Jersey, right outside New York. Oh, okay. In North Jersey. Basically the suburbs. The suburbs, yeah. Yeah. And and where are you located? I'm up in the uh, western mass corner, the Berkshires. Okay. Beautiful area. In Massachusetts, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking with you and, and appreciate your time, Joe. I hope we can do this again and look forward to any new music coming my way. Well, thank you, and, and I'll be sure to send you all the new stuff as soon as it comes out. Um, and good. I know you have our last four single, singles, right? Uh, Imposter, yes. Storm Surge, Rain by Rain, and Cognitive. Right. Um, and uh, is it cool if I mention the website and all that stuff? Or, of course. Uh, is that something? So the website is uh, stratospherius.com, um, S-T-R-A-T-O-S-P-H-E-E-R-I-U-S.com. But we're actually going to change it so it's easier for people to find. Uh, it's going to be stratosband, S-T-R-A-T-O-S-band.com. That's better. <laughs> and uh, and my website is joedenonzone.com. And you can find me, you know, me and the band on all the social media places. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, yeah, Twitter, all that stuff. So it's Joe Denizone. I thought it was Joe Denizone. Okay. The, it, yeah, it's like an invisible E. It's D-E-N-I-N-Z-O-N. All right. Well, thanks for that info. And thanks again for your time today, Joe. Thanks for having me, Keith, and thanks for supporting the music. Absolutely. It's my, always my, my pleasure. Happy Easter. Same to you. All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.